Hey everyone, welcome to This is Steph Sober, a weekly podcast for those in need of some sober support. I'm your host, Steph, and in today's episode, I have a chat with Nicole, who is five years sober with five kids. Who says mommy needs a drink? Not Nicole. This amazing woman is on a mission to end generations of alcohol abuse in her family, and she is killing it. We talk about everything from toasting champagne in the hospital after having a baby to creepy basement AA meetings. One thing that Nicole is excited about is the momentum that the sober movement is getting. Because five years ago, her options weren't what we all have today. And it's because of the courage of women like Nicole to share their stories, we have the wonderful community that so many of us lean on today. This is Nicole Sober. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am uh, over uh, over today. <laughs> Uh, my my daughter is on a tumbling and trampoline team, so I thought that Saturday was the thirteenth. So I was at work last oh, night. No. My husband my husband calls me and he's like, "It's six thirty and he's like, "Hey, um, Alexandria has to compete tomorrow morning." So we live in Indiana, and her competition was in Tennessee. So we drove the whole entire night to get to her competition oh. at ten this morning. It's insane. It's insane. And like, it's the very first one. And I think it's so stupid that it's on a Friday. Like she's that's in first really grade. Weird. Yeah, that's really yeah. weird. So I was like, oh my. So at least we made it. She competed. She got third in all of her events. So we we're so. Oh, that's awesome. So at least it's done. Like we survived. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, I, I see her in the car. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. So we're good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You look great. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, I hope I'm like, you know, I was telling my husband, I was like, it's a podcast. So it's all right if I look kind of crazy for this. Yeah, you're fine. I don't, I, I don't have the capacity yet to post videos. I would like to do that someday, but I just, I'm still, I'm not that technical. So I'm still trying to just get down the whole, like editing the audio part, oh, I bet. adding in the video, like, blows my mind I'm like okay no we're just gonna we're gonna wait till we're a little more confident to do that but yeah but so don't I worry. Still love that I love that you started the podcast I feel like that is so inspiring to so many people because um, recovering from alcoholism is a lonely journey it is really a lonely journey as a woman as a mom socializing friends everything it's weird yeah it really is and I'm so glad that you came on because five years, five kids. Let's, yep. Let's just dive into this. I mean, where do you want to well, start, Nicole? Like five years? That's insane. It has been a, well, actually, March 31st will be six years. Oh, my so God. Almost there. Almost yeah. there. Um, and it, it has been a wild ride. I feel like for... My entire family, like alcoholism has been a problem generationally. Okay. I don't know anybody in my family that doesn't, that isn't an alcoholic that drinks. Everybody in my family drinks. Birthday parties growing up, there was alcohol. Like it was just how I was raised. So my husband, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, very few people drink in his family. So when we would go to 
one of his niece or nephew's birthday parties, there would be no alcohol there. And I found that odd. When right. we had birthday parties for our kids, people like brought alcohol to our house. Like they'd bring, you know, their wine or beer or whatever, like family get together, you BYOB, even though it's a Disney princess two-year-old birthday party. <laughs> like, yep. I never thought it was weird until somebody pointed it out. This is freaking weird. Like, what do you mean? What alcohol are we going to be? serving at this Sesame Street party. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just how it always was. Yeah. So that's actually something weird with our life now. So other people's drinking was never a problem to me. Uh, I never felt like societal pressure with friends because I was a private drinker. Like, I oh, wanted okay. to drink. I liked the 45 minutes um, of my good drunk I guess you could call because at like that the first bit of and I wanted to be drunk like I didn't want to be a little bit tipsy I wanted to be hammered I didn't like the taste of alcohol um so I wanted to drink and get drunk as fast as possible <laughs> that's not a good idea no. <laughs> when when it's not hitting you and you're waiting and I did that cycle for years and years and years and to me, it seems like a lifetime, but I started drinking when I was 20. Um, I am 35 now. It's been almost six years that I've been sober. I was in trouble with the law for a little bit for drinking and driving. Then I was sober for two years. So really, in three or four years, I destroyed my whole life with alcohol. Literally, mm -hmm. like drinking a gallon of vodka a day, every oh. day. It got that, and like, it's so crazy how it can go that fast. Yes. And so messed up, like, being a parent, because in that 45-minute sweet spot, you're, like, super mom, super person, super social, like, you're ready to go do all the things, and then, like, after that 45 minutes, because you're still drinking, now you, you didn't accomplish anything. Everybody's disappointed, like you wake up the next day and it's just like a repeating cycle. Mm -hmm. And as mm -hmm. you get older, you start to feel bad when you drink. I didn't used to have a hangover. As I got older, I suddenly got a hangover. And when you have a baby or a toddler screaming in the morning with a hangover and all you want to do is eat a hamburger and vomit, you're just like, <laughs> oh no, this is not fun. This right. is not fun. Right. For that 45 I, minutes of, of feeling okay, like when you look at it that way, it's insanity that that the length we would go to for that. For such a short period of time too. And then it was just a habit. Then it was just literally part of my every single day. Like it's just, sometimes I wonder if I ever got undrunk. Like I feel like I picked up drinking again. Am I even right. sober yet? Like this is insane. And I know that we were talking, um, about the wine culture thing. And I laugh about it because it's put out there for everybody, for everything. I never been drank wine. Like, and that's the funniest part about the mom culture. Like, do all these moms really drink wine? Or no, are we all alcoholics? I don't know. But right. there's a lot of people that don't, that can't not drink. A lot of people. Like people can't even do dry January. So it makes me wonder how many more people are alcoholics than they would like to admit. Because once you get over that, 
um, let's see, the first year I was bewildered that I was sober and I, I had my son and he, like, I thought I lost him. So my, my favorite thing about being an alcoholic is this beautiful thing where I just magically am not an alcoholic when I'm pregnant. Magically, the desire to drink just poof, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or why that is, but it's it's comical to me. I'm like, oh wow, it's so easy just to not drink when I'm pregnant, but when I'm not pregnant, I literally have a serious addiction that I will get in the car and get a DUI. Like that's not normally who I am. So yeah. I didn't count the time that I was pregnant with Dax as sober time. Um, that's just my personal belief. I didn't drink when I was pregnant with my other two children, so I don't think that counts. And like, I feel like it, I didn't really have a choice if I could or couldn't drink. I'm someone's mom. I'm taking care of them inside of me, what I put in me. So mm-hmm. I started counting the day that he was born because as soon as your child was born, guess what you get to have? Champagne. They give it to you for free in the hospital. Cheers, your champagne and steak. Like, and I wasn't drinking. So I asked for, um, like Welch's grape juice. Like, did they have something yeah. like that? And they did not. So I remember this the next time I had another child that I brought it with me, but yeah, they did it. And I was like, wow, that's okay. Whatever, you know? Um, so that first year completely bewildered. Um, the second year I had already been sober for two years before. So I felt like been there, done that. So let's mm-hmm. see the third year I was like, wow, like I'm sober now forever, like every day forever. Cause up to that point it was, I'm just not going to drink today. I'm fine with today. Like nothing so bad today. Um, and then all those todays eventually add up. And so then that fourth year, I was like, wow, I actually feel like great. Mm-hmm. I feel great. Um, and it was, it was in this fifth year that I probably had the hardest time in my life, like in my marriage. And it's interesting having overcome an addiction and have a problem in your marriage that is also an addiction um, and not revert to your addiction because I have no desire to drink today. Like I, I feel like at this point now I can look at alcohol and say like, we have a problem. I'll never drink again because I cannot. Um, But I will never say I'm recovered because I will never be like, I don't feel even worthy enough to say that I am recovered even after five years like no I don't I don't know I will never be recovered because I can never drink again it's it's something that you think about all the time um my I guess you could say my peripheral activated system used to take in so much stimuli about alcohol everywhere from billboards tv like um, walking in target past like the section of everything that in like as time goes on, things like are prettier, they're packaged better, like manufacturers are getting better at it. And if you're like a girly girl like me, like I want a pretty drink, I want this nice stuff. Like, so when I'd walk past the aisle in Target, I'd be like, all right, Nicole, like you can buy this if you want. Or if you walk away and you not today, you can go and buy whatever you want in the makeup section, buy a new shirt, buy a necklace. As a mom, you don't buy stuff for you. Right. So for them, most of the time. Yeah. So that worked. Like that worked for the that first second year. Um, I was really sad that I 
it was hard for me to accept that I, I don't know, was broken or I have this problem or mm-hmm. I am not like everybody else. That mm-hmm. is hard to accept. Like mm-hmm. I'm the freak. The first three years, I'm the freak. Like everybody else is drinking and I can't. Like everybody else is, you know, ordering a cocktail with dinner. Now I'm an adult. People are having wine with their steak and I'm like, oh, let's take a water. Um, now it seems like there's like a sober curious movement going on. So now people are like, oh, you're not drinking? I'm like, oh, now that's the cool thing? Five years ago, everybody was like, you're a loser. Like, why aren't you doing jobs? You're yeah. lame. Now it's like, oh, you meditate and don't drink? Wow, what made you do that? Um, I don't know. My freaking DUI and the fact that I am an alcoholic, and it ruined my life. But yeah. you know, I'm glad that you're trying it out. Yeah. It really is. A, it really is. It's not. Uh, if anything, I hope that your listeners can hear that the first one, two, three, four years. Looking back at them, although they seemed hard in the time, it really was like a, it was, it's a growth. It truly yeah. is a growth, even physically. Like my body isn't still not restored to all the damage from alcohol that I did really like three or four years. I'm not even that old to have had it go this bad. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have withdrawals when you quit drinking? I did not. Luckily, I, I did not. Um, actually, I was just talking about that with a friend the other day. You know, I'm grateful. I mean, my, and that's the problem too, though. So I want to kind of talk like how you were saying, we, as a society, we're glamorizing alcohol, right? And when everyone around you glamorizes it, and they're drinking as much as you, that's how you get caught up and not recognizing the fact that you have a problem. Because if they're not having a problem, then, you know, you're the problem, right? And so, yeah, for me to quit drinking and then not have withdrawals, then you start asking yourself again, well, did I really have a problem? Was it really that bad? And it's such a slippery slope. And it's it, it can really set you back. It can make you like, oh, maybe I was just being a little too extreme. Maybe I can go back and, and drink normally and just have a couple. And it's just such a... It's And it's society that puts that in our head. Because like you said, I think more people have a problem than they yes. even realize. And it's only yes. because they compare themselves to everybody else that's doing it. And they they surround themselves with people that are doing it to help them like covet this thing called alcohol. And we're not meant, our bodies aren't meant to be able to just moderately drink. Those people are unicorns. Like I am always amazed. And I know people who can. I'm not saying it isn't. A thing. I know people who can, but the majority of people are not drinking alcohol for the right reasons. We are a society no. that is broken. We have a lot of stress going on, especially the last few years. And alcohol has become the answer, and it is the worst answer. Like it is ruining lives every day. It's, it ruins lives. It's feelings. It's feelings that it nobody wants feelings. to feel their feelings, and I don't want to feel my feelings in this. BS that I'm going through in my marriage. I don't, I just all of a sudden, five years sober, almost six. Now I feel all my feelings like every single one. Everything. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally going to go live in a cave. I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to go live in a cave because I don't want to feel all these feelings. And now I'm like, oh, you're getting drunk because you want to feel all these feelings. Yeah. Well, hello. Here's your feelings, someone else's feelings, the kids' feelings, everybody's feelings. I'm like, oh my gosh. And the dog. Can't forget about the dog. Right. Yeah. It's insane. It's it is it really 
and it's just like I I don't know if I I don't know if it'll ever end like I I don't people make too much money on it um I don't know if if I guess my my biggest takeaway from being an alcoholic is I don't want to continue any more generational alcoholism that's uh, like I mean so my oldest daughter uh, my stepson I guess I'll go back so my stepson is 20 my Mm -hmm. daughter is 15 and then my husband and I we have a seven-year-old a five-year-old and a two-year-old so when my 15-year-old was let's see little and I drank like so I was sober for two years throughout her life and it's been six years. So she was, I probably drank for four years of her life. And I feel like it was the looking back part of that time. She's not even remember because she just doesn't have memory because she's yeah, little. Cause she's little. But I just, I didn't want her to ever look back and think like, wow, like my mom's always drunk or like, yeah. Like even something like lackadaisical, like, yeah, like that's my mom and her wine. Like I didn't want like that to be an associated memory with mom. And that's an associated memory with a lot of people's moms, with my mom, with my grandpa. Like, so it was really important to me to do that. And about a year ago, she was talking with her friend in the back seat and she was like just joking not even talking to me she was like huh my mom yeah right she never drinks I could have died that was like the nicest thing I like knowing how much trouble I've been in knowing how many times like when you said about um maybe I don't have a problem like maybe I can drink this or that like I did that I was sober for two years and like that thought came back and then one day I just gave into it I was like I can go to dinner or I can go I think it was lunch. I went to lunch with my mother. We went to a Mexican place and we had margaritas. And that was the first time I drank in a while. And I was like convincing her that it was fine. So she was like, whatever, you're an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, zero to a hundred. Like, yeah. Really? Already? Like, all, like next week. I mean, it's like I, and then you're dumb too, because if you don't drink for a long time, you assume you can drink as much as you did. Right where you did, Yep. <laughs> And now you're like, oh, my God, I don't know why I'm so sick. Like, my head feels like it's going to explode off. Like, I got to do all this stuff. Like, and like, then you care so much about, like, keep, women care about how they look. Like, I used mm. to be so cute when I was drunk. And I looked back at the pictures, and I was like, ooh, you're not hot, so cute at all. Hot mess. <laughs> yes. yes. And always, it, it was almost like the next day I was, like, allergic to alcohol. My lips would get swollen. My eyes would mm-hmm. be, like, what is happening? The salt or something. But I didn't, I essentially quit drinking while I was pregnant and then just carried it on. So I didn't get that, like, ooh, I lost 12 to 15 pounds. Yeah. Drinking. Fun, fun. No, I didn't get that. Um. But people do go back to drinking when they gain weight as a woman. That's something that I, I noticed because mm-hmm. it suppresses your appetite and mm-hmm. you don't want to get that. So if you stop drinking, like that happened to my mom before, she switched from like beer to white claw, like mm-hmm. to save mm-hmm. calorie content or something. I was like, mom, like what? Like if you're worried about the calorie content from what you're drinking, then clearly you're probably drinking too much. Like, I mean, I'm not worried about the calorie content in the Coke that I had today. Right. But if you're worried about that, then you're obviously drinking too many, whatever it is, you know? 
Absolutely. Exactly. Did you feel like now being a mom and being sober, the one thing that I hate now is I am really, uh, I'm not spontaneous. I am not spontaneous at all. Like I, I like have to know all the things now. Like I used to be like, whatever, let's do it. It's black. Come on, let's go to the park at seven o'clock. Like, let's go to the beach on Wednesday. And you know, who cares about doing the laundry or this or that? Like, it wasn't hurting my family. But now I, I mean, I feel like that was the alcoholism. Like that was. Sure. That's crazy. I that's so, I that's it's kind of funny because it's kind of the opposite for me. I'm actually more, well, I think I'm more fun. I, my daughter thinks I'm kind of the same. I just, I didn't do a lot when I was drinking because I drank at home and I didn't want to leave. Like I, I was scared to go anywhere if I was drinking too much because I didn't want to get in trouble. Like, and I didn't want to, I didn't want people to see me that way. You know, I wanted to keep it with like the people that, I mean, we had a, a group of people that we drank with and we all had the same amount of drinking going on but um I didn't want to I didn't want to like take her over to a friend's house and have those parents see me that way I didn't want her to have parents come meet me I mean I remember there'd be times she's like oh um so and so is going to come over but you've never met their parents so their parents were going to come in and say hi and I'd be like oh let's not do it today you know like these were the times I was hurting her and now I feel like I am more spontaneous because it's like you need to go to Walmart at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, mom's down, like, let's go do it. You know, now I feel like I can do that stuff because I'm not hiding who I am. I'm not, you know, and I'm not afraid to drive because I've drank too much. So for me, it's kind of been the opposite, but uh, I, my daughter, she, she does see what she'll say. And I actually had her on my podcast like two weeks ago on my podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to it, I like She's 14, so she's around your daughter's age yeah. to hear. And I, I think it'd be interesting for you to listen to my podcast and then try to have, like, a similar yes. conversation with your daughter. And hear, yeah, and hear what she has to say. I was floored at the way she perceived my drinking. My daughter grew up in, a, in the party house. We were the party house. She's an only child. She hung with all of us adults while we were drunk until a year ago. And so she remembers all of it. She loved it. But I can't I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to spoil it if you're going to listen to it or if anyone else wants to go back and listen to it. But yes, what yes, yes. she got out of having parents who drink is way different than what I thought was going to happen. So oh, it is, I, I, I like encourage anyone to not be scared to have those conversations with their kids because I think you'll be really surprised how much of an impact, like you saying your daughter in the back seat said to a friend, well, my mom doesn't drink like that or whatever. We don't even realize like you, you wanting to end that generation shit. Like you are, you are, and I am, and that's what it's going to take. You know, I I have this hope that this next generation is going to look at all of us haggard drinkers. Like we looked at these haggard smokers, you know, like it's not good for you. It causes cancer. It makes you look like shit. It, it can get you into financial problems. You could lose your job. Like, I'm so glad that they're starting to see it. 
And it takes, it just takes one, like us, like each mom, like for us to wake up and like start raising a new generation. I think it's possible. I really do. I'm, I, I mean, I might be too hopeful, but that's just. Now, does your husband drink? Yes. It, was that hard for you? It's very hard for me. Um, he, I will say he has cut way back. And, but I, it, but it's been hard for me because I have to remember I'm the one who decided to change. You know, I would have, if he would have quit before me and I wasn't ready, I would be just like him. I would be resistant to it as well. Like, and I'm sure, you you know, it's like when you're ready, you're ready. And I had to go to therapy because I'm just like, I was so upset. Like, why can't he quit too? Why can't he do this with me? But I, I learned that I had to focus on myself and, and show him like, put some light on the path so he can see the evidence of why it was a good idea to do it. And you know, it's, it's happening. It's evolving. He doesn't drink as much. Um, he's very conscious of it. Like he went the whole holiday season without having a drink, which is amazing. Yeah. And so I make sure to acknowledge that because we all, we all get sober differently. Like, no, I don't think I've talked to anybody yet who just like woke up one day and got sober. It was, it, it was like, I'm going to try it for a little bit here. And then, yeah, I'm going to yep. go back and see. So I have to understand. I got in trouble. I, yeah. I got in trouble is a big one. And forced sobriety never works. Never it, works. It doesn't matter how many AA meetings you go to, how many books you read, forced sobriety. No, you have to internally feel like it's time. And when you had that first feeling, that doesn't mean that you don't have to feel that again, because there's going to be Correct. so many times where like, even now I'm like, now it finally took me this long to realize like, what's the point of getting drunk? I'm going to be happy for 45 minutes and I'm going to feel like crap. I'm not going to make sense. Then whoever I'm fighting with is going to be able to have ammunition against me. Like yep. this stuff, like, no, I know what I'm saying. I am sober and everything consciously makes sense. I'm not acting fool. I'm not going to feel like crap. I don't have to send the text messages or look through the text message yeah <laughs> and I hate that like that deep feeling in the morning where you're like oh no what did I do and you can't remember what you did I don't have that feeling no more and I, nothing makes me feel like that like I'll stay sober to not feel that gut-wrenching like holy crap what did I do how much trouble am I going to be in who do I have to apologize to like I don't even know how how do the kids go to bed and at that time yeah. um Kirsten was eight when I stopped drinking and I had only had Alexandria. And so I had her in December and I went right back to drinking in January and then I got pregnant with Jack. So they're 15 months apart. So a few months after that, and then I haven't drank since then. So it was mostly with Kirsten, but like even with Chris, when he had to take care of Alexandria in like those five months that I drank, like I nursed her. But I had to formula feed her when I would drink. And, like, that's shitty if I'm doing that. Like, and then I start doing that every day. And it was important to me to be able to nurse her. And now alcohol is more important than feeding your child. Nicole, come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing? And surely, as I'm drinking, I'm like, no, you know, I need a break. Like, it's fine. Like, it, like babies have formula. That's why they make it. And, like, you tell yourself that stuff. Oh, yeah. So what made you start this podcast? I had to ask. That was my one burning question. Um, honestly, as a way to give back, because when I, when I started my sobriety journey, I did it alone. 
And it was like, I, I got on Instagram on day 99. Like I created a sober Instagram account separate from my regular Instagram account to find other sober people because I wanted sobriety so bad, but I could feel that like I was losing the battle because I was so alone in it. And I'm like, I, something's got to give. And I actually, I was, I was reading quit like a woman and she suggested that in there, like to find community, like if AA, cause I knew AA wasn't going to work for me. And so that, that started this whole community feeling and this whole need to, as I got stronger and more confident in my sobriety, I'm like, other people need to know that there's like a community and there's like other people that are willing to talk. Cause once I started hearing other people's stories, I felt connected. I felt less alone. I didn't feel like that weirdo, like you were talking about when I, you know, when you're out with friends and so then I'm like, that first year you need that. Oh. It's, it's so bad without it. It is. It's so bad. It's critical. And I, was, I was pregnant, so it didn't matter. Like I kind of like skated through that hard year. So that's why I was like, now or never, because it's that like it's so hard to be alone and like you feel uncomfortable going out with people because you don't know if you trust your own self enough to not drink. Like, is the peer pressure or just my own internal pressure? Am I gonna do this? if I do this, like, then I just gave up 14 days, like even something so small like that, like, and your whole body changes when you quit drinking and you start working out and you start drinking water and your skin's better and your hair's better. And, but then you see other people struggling and uh, like people close to you, like, and you just don't know what to say to them because then it turns. Like mm-hmm. at first you're the freak because you're not drinking and then it turns to, oh, you think you're better than us because you're not drinking. And eventually, at least I got to the point where I'm like, I just want to let everybody know. I didn't care if you were drinking or not. I was still going to drink. It has nothing at all to do with you. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, like, and people still to this day ask me, do you want to drink? Do you want to drink? No, I don't drink. I don't drink. That's what I always said. I don't drink. Yep. I don't drink. Um, people push it. People so push it. Uh, wow. In the first three years, like, they're like, come on, you can just have one. It's fine. Or with me, because I have four children, they're like, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Wow. No, I'm not pregnant. No, I'm not pregnant. No, I'm just choosing not to drink because, I mean, I used to say, uh, I'm not drinking because I have kids and waking up in the morning sucks, which was true. Yeah. It wasn't the whole truth. And I don't, I still go back and forth. I don't know if I want to say, like, no, I don't drink because I'm an alcoholic. How about, no, I don't want to drink. Yes, I want to drink. Like, if someone that says, yes, I want to drink, nobody is like, oh, you're crazy. But if you right. say no, then there's something wrong with you. You have to ask the question. No, I just, no. Like, as a grown-up adult, come on. Why are we right. each other? I find the response, I don't drink, my favorite response. For people that yeah. don't know me, that people yeah. like that people that didn't know me when I was a drinker. So anytime we're in a new social situation and I've only had to use it a few times because I'm not that social anyway, but <laughs> I, I, I like literally love it because people that don't know who you were before and don't know you well enough. If you say something that like, I don't drink, they don't question it. They're just like, okay. Yeah. And they just move on to the next person. 
you know. But if you were to say to someone who doesn't really know you, oh, I don't drink anymore, then that opens the door to, well, why? Why don't you drink anymore? Like, did you have a problem? Yeah. Were you an alcoholic? Yeah, it's like there's there's something about having like that confidence behind the fact that you don't drink that can really like make or break that whole conversation, you know? And, and I I get like I don't like I feel like it's a recovery journey. And I don't I don't know I don't know what other people think, but do you ever end the journey? Do you ever win? Do you ever beat alcoholism? I don't know that. I don't know if if you'll ever I mean I feel like I've encountered like the hardest things like especially in your marriage like that is one of the hardest things to go through is just issues in your marriage and to not want to drink was real that's what it is like overcoming obstacles in your life and not succumbing to drinking that's one two learning how to deal with those emotions in a healthy way and let me tell you all the things I have learned about, did, um, let's see, like recently, um, I, I learned how to do out breath work and, uh, uh, like I have like, I mean, I joined a coaching business, like every single thing. Like I ran, I swam, I drew, I learned how to crochet. I learned how to sew, um, I added on to learning a foreign language, like every single thing that you can think, and it's still a process. Like, and now, now I just sit with my emotion and let my body feel and integrate that emotion. I wish I would have did that, like I don't know, four years ago. Um, but it, it took me this long to like figure it out. Yeah. Like, and I'm hoping this is what your podcast does, or. Like when people come online that they can see, like, because they always say, like, just copy off with somebody else that did the work before you. So what did you have to do to be sober? Well, the first year I was just like, everybody's different. The first year we had a, a newborn baby. So yeah. that's not the same as your first year. Right. No. But there has to be something connected between everybody. Like this, this want for, for more, like, like, mm -hmm. what was your day where you were just like, I can't do this anymore? Because, like, you, you didn't get in trouble. Like, you're not drinking and driving. Like, what it, was that, like, moment where you were like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't do this I, anymore. Yeah, and I think it, that's kind of the common theme I've noticed with people when I interview them on the podcast. It was a matter of just everyone's like, I was sick of my own shit. Like, you finally are like, sick of your own shit. There's almost like this disconnect finally happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, when you were saying, you know, you get in trouble, but that's not going to, well, of course it's not because it was, you, you don't love yourself enough. Like you were saying when I was pregnant, it was easy. Well, yeah, because you love yeah. the baby. You were worried about the baby. You don't care about yourself. So there's this the moment. Muscle, yeah. yeah. There's a moment of clarity and all that like hangover anxiety fog where you're just like, that voice that knows better that you've been trying to silence for so long just pops out and is like, enough's enough. Knock the shit off. Like, we can't do this anymore. It's exhausting. Figure it out. Whatever it is you got to do, but figure it out. And I feel like that's the point. And for some people, it is a big event rock bottom that that voice finally takes front center. But for a lot of us, it's just a series of like, 
years of agony and just trying to like give alcohol one more chance to make things right, you know, and it it doesn't. It just doesn't. Oh, I loved it. Uh, thank thank you. Yes, thank you so much. All right, we will definitely talk soon. Yeah, I'll send you a message soon. Okay. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to hit follow so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you in the sober community. It's an easy way to spread the word in normalizing a sober lifestyle. You should never feel alone in sobriety, so feel free to reach out to me via email or through my Instagram account at thisisstephsober. Links to both are listed in the show notes.